Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. It is January 23rd, 2023. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Cruise Control, the home of entertainment news. I am your host, Brian Cruz, back here again. Thank you for being here again tonight. It means a lot to us. And joining me again, as always, is Miss Sabrina Vittori. Sabrina, welcome back to the program. Welcome to Cruise Control. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. How's your day been? Uh, so far, so good. No complaints. Yeah? You having a good Monday or, or a bad Monday? Uh, well, my car is working again, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and I Always a positive. From work with no problems, so uh, I'm feeling feeling like it's a good Monday for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm happy you're here. You made it, even though we're all virtual, so that's easy to make it, I guess. But you're home, so that's good. <laughs> and joining us, joining us for the very first time on Cruise Control is Miss Lexi Coville. Lexi, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? Hi. Good. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining Sabrina and myself tonight. It means a lot. Happy to see you here on Cruise Control for the very first time. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Uh, just, I'm really happy to work with you again. Yeah, I, I did Lexi's uh, podcast before Three Deemers. It's been a little bit. But we talked about a lot of horror movies. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Sabrina watched some of them, too, as I was going through. We were talking about that before on the show. Uh, the Beware of the Blob theme song. It always comes up now in the household. So if you haven't heard it, just say, Alexa, play Beware of the Blob theme song. Just do it right now. Or maybe she'll start playing it because I said that right now. <laughs> she almost did. She was blue for a second. I was like, don't do it. <laughs> I was worried about that. Mine's like right next to me. And I'm just like, oh, don't do that. Oh, no, don't do it. <laughs> I, I, I know Jimmy Kimmel would have fun doing that all the time and make people's likes to start playing stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. But if it happened, everybody, you'll enjoy the song. So, <laughs> Alexi, tell us about yourself a little bit. Tell us uh, what you've been doing, what you're up to, and what kind of uh, projects you're working on right now. I am a co-host on Cinema D'Amore. It's a podcast about film. Um, this one is unlike my old podcast that you were on. The old podcast that you were on was The Three Deemers, if anybody's interested yeah. in checking that out. Check um, it out. That was a podcast specifically about film remakes, because I was like, just wouldn't stop thinking about film remakes. So I was like, I think this is a good topic to have a whole show about, but it could be very draining. It could be very hard on you to like have to watch as you went through a month of it yourself, three of the same movie or five of the same movie or what have you, you watch a lot more films. So going over to Cinema de More, we focus more on just all of film. And we spent the whole year this year discussing directors and we finished our director month with uh, first-time directors, so people who only directed one movie one time in their entire careers. So that's a really interesting month. And now that I'm a more permanent part of that show, we're going into what they're considering their season two, the next evolution of the show. And so we are starting a new month with just movies that we wanted to talk about. So we all picked our own movie, and we got to cover The Whale, that was one of our movies yeah. that we covered. And Everyone's talking about that these days. Hard movie to sit through initially, but if you listen to the episode and the discussion that we had, um, it was a really deep episode, and there was a lot of personal stuff that came out in it. And I think that movie's really good at like triggering those personal thoughts and feelings more so than a lot of like popcorn movies and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of fun with that. And we finished with Bullet Ballet, which is a crazy Japanese film, so... And then next oh, month, nice. <laughs> we're going into talking about YouTube. So we're going to spend a whole month talking about films made by YouTubers. And that's my fault. I'm, I'm forcing this upon them because I think <laughs> I think there's a bigger discussion there. I think it's a topic that people don't think about a lot, especially film people and where we're older people who talk about film because I think the youngest is like 35, something like that. So we're all yeah. from a different generation. And by being from that different generation, we don't always it's have... It's a good generation. Big, Oh, fantastic. But we don't always have a grasp on like what the new mediums are and how the new mediums are working and stuff. So I think it's an opportunity to look into that and see kind of the future of entertainment as a whole in film and if YouTubers are the future of filmmaking at all. So and then I also it make could bad be. art. Look at us right now. <laughs> you make bad art, too. Oh, come yeah. on. It's got to be. I've seen some of your art. It's pretty great. Well, it's, it's lowbrow art. So it's, <laughs> it's an interesting style. That's something I've just been experimenting with and. So I try to write. I try to come up with ideas. Uh, I have a background in film, television, that kind of stuff. So You did a lot of special effects stuff too, right? I went to school for special effects, yeah. Uh, special makeup effects specifically. I don't do any like VFX or anything like that. So it's all practical 
I do. Which I do is a amazing. Main zombie. My specialty, no joke, is damage. I'm really good at like bruises, burns. Um, I could do contusions really well. Um, any kind of like broken bone damage, that kind of stuff, is really more my specialty. I'm not so good with the beauty makeup, even though I'm trying to get back into it. I can do it on other people, but I suck at doing it on myself. <laughs> I had that reversal, you know, instead of starting out doing my own makeup, I started out doing other people's and then it's like, try to do your own. And I'm like, ah, it's easier though. Isn't it? I know Sabrina does makeup on me once in a while too. We're doing yeah. like bruises and stuff for, for like short films or projects and she'll test it on me. And sure. it, you know, it's better to have a, a, someone to kind of do it on. Cause then you can actually see how it fits someone's skin and you can kind of work with them hands on. It's a whole different experience than working with yourself. So right. it's great. You do it that way. That's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm happy that you're you're still doing more podcasts. Redeemers was a lot of fun. If yeah. anybody's had a chance to go back and watch that, it's just you know it's just fun conversations about old cinema that a lot of people don't even know that there were so many remakes. And Cinema yeah. Demore sounds like amazing. I'm gonna have to get back on there and and listen to some more stuff because it's great that you're working with this and you're kind of showcasing. Now, is it only just newer stuff or is it older movies too that you're no. going back and looking at? It's everything, right? Well, like I said, we spent the whole month covering directors. So, like, one month we did Spike Lee. We also did uh, Wes Anderson and then Neil Blomkamp and uh, uh, not Cronenberg, Soderbergh. Soderbergh we did. Um, So we spent, like, a lot of, like, I picked Harmony Korn. So that was a really interesting month because he's an unconventional director, that kind of thing. So we, we really were all over the place with our choices, but it was a nice mix. It was a nice, diverse mix, and it gave us a lot of opportunity to pick films from those directors and talk about it. And I, I don't mean to be, I wouldn't say I'm negative, but I have um, I have a hard time with a lot of modern film and a lot of that kind of stuff like that. And sometimes it's nice to go back and have those moments where you can look at an old director's work and have that appreciation. And I feel like being on Cinema de More has really given me an opportunity to get back to that place in film because like I said as much as I love three deemers that much of just bad film bad film bad film like it puts a bad taste in your mouth too and I was laughing I said me and Jacob were down here wallowing in the trenches like picking up piles of like turds and going look at this let's do this one and they were up on the the hill eating fine dining and I'm like I want to go hang out with them for a while (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so. that sounds like a great place right <laughs> and, and jacob actually just commented he said your makeup looks great tonight thanks <laughs> jacob rolling everybody in the comments jacob good to see you here tonight thanks for joining us on cruise control um that's that's amazing that you're doing all this and going through different genres and different directors it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and honestly everybody out there has to check this out because lexi is an amazing host she's fantastic like you'll take on a lot of journeys with her that you will be like this is amazing. I'm so happy I listened. This is great. This is fantastic. So do it now, everybody. Check it out. You have to. You're going to love it. Trust me, you're going to love it. Lexi, it's, is it every month you have a different theme? Every month we have a different theme, yeah. And then three episodes a month. We were doing four. If we cover a larger franchise, like let's say we did Fast and the Furious or something like that, then we would just, it would go Extend until it. it's done, that kind of thing. Right. Or what have you. We probably wouldn't break it up as much. And if you look at our month, this month for Halloween, where we covered um, Wes Craven, uh, we did four Wes Craven films and then also covered Halloween Ends because previous to my being on the show, Halloween was their anniversary episode. And so they made sure to cover every single Halloween film. And they, when the new ones came out, they were very good at covering them the like minute they dropped kind of thing. So when ends came, awesome. we had to cover that as soon as it dropped. We got it like pretty much three days after it came out, and had the episode out on Halloween specifically. So very nice. That's pretty much awesome. ended that. So now we have to find a new tra- tradition for like the the anniversary episodes and stuff. So I believe you'll I'm find sure it something. Won't be too hard it, to that's find. fun. Yeah. yeah, it's not hard. No. It'll find itself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone, please, please check this out. Uh, we're gonna talk to Lexi some more about her program towards the end of the show, but we have to get into some stuff. So. Lexi, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. But now it's time for some breaking news. All right, everybody. A quick, uh, just off the top here, I want to give an update on Jeremy Renner. Now, Jeremy Renner, we were talking about before, was in this really bad accident. He was run over by a snowcat, if you will. He was helping his friend, and he was in the hospital since the beginning of the year. Well, Jeremy's home, as we said before. Well, apparently, he broke. 32 bones in his body. Yikes. 
Now, he says that he's going to come back and it's going to be fine, but he said that these 30-plus bones will mend, grow stronger, just like the love and bond with family and friends deepens. And he sent out love and blessings to everybody for all the support. But 30 bones, I can't even imagine being in that kind of situation where it's just starting over again. He's got to learn how to walk again. They were saying two years it's going to take, but he's in high spirits and his friends are texting him on Twitter and stuff. And they're, they're joking about how it's taking, you know, he'll come back and they're joking about his injuries. Now I think it was uh, Chris Evans was talking about how, you know, who, how is the snow cat? Does the snow cat need gas? <laughs> and Jeremy's like, she's fine. So they're having fun and he seems like he's in high spirits. So hopefully he comes back stronger than ever and ready to come back to some more Avengers. Hopefully we'll see what happens. Now we're going to get into some more stuff where we're actually going to talk about a lot of different topics coming up in the news. We're going to get into some big discussions right now. The first one I want to talk about, though, is Pamela Anderson. Now you say Pamela Anderson. Well, is it about Pam and Tommy? No, it's not about that. We're talking about Pamela Anderson back when she was 23 years old. She actually said, now here we go, scandalous time, guys, that Tim Allen on the set of Home Improvement flashed his penis at her. Yep. That's what he said. He flat. That's what she said, that he flashed his penis at her. And everyone know that Home Improvement was marked as one of her biggest career credits in the very beginning of her career, where she played Lisa, the tool girl, and it became like number one TV show of all time. But, you know, he says that didn't happen. She says it did happen. Here's exactly what Pamela had to say about the situation that went down on Home Improvement. On the first day of filming, I walked out of my dressing room and Tim was in the hallway in his robe. He opened his robe and flashed me quickly, completely naked underneath. He said it was only fair because he had seen me naked. Now we're even. I laughed uncomfortably. Alan stated, no, it never happened. I would never do such a thing. Yeah. So that's what he said. And this is supposed to be for her, you know, her book coming out. So she's trying to sell her memoir. And this is something that came out that Tim Allen's like, no, it didn't happen. Sabrina, you hear this. What do you think? Do you think this is just like old news we shouldn't be talking about this like why is pamela bringing this up now or do you think that this is relevant and it might actually affect tim allen's career i mean honestly i I don't think it will affect his career i don't know why she would even put that in there i mean even if it did happen like i mean i grew up in new york i can't tell you the amount of times i've seen a penis on a subway like people just walk around (laughs) and show and fucking open it up and show you the dick i'm not traumatized by it didn't bother me i mean sometimes i'm like whoa buddy let's let's keep that away from me thank you if it's too close but like if someone was walking down a hallway and you know open their robe and close their robe i mean it's nothing that would traumatize a person especially you know a pamela anderson type i mean she takes off her clothes and poses for playboy i mean look at these pictures and she's gorgeous and you know good for her but like i don't think something like that would traumatize her so i don't really even see why she would put that in the book in the first place um, although if he did do it, it is inappropriate. He, he should not, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying like in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that it's something that is traumatizing or like in that whole like me too category, um, which I think it's interesting to note that she did say like when that, when the me too movement started happening and stuff that she said that this modern feminism is paralyzing, uh, men in the, in the industry and in life. Um, so she was very much sticking up for the male side of things. So I don't, I, it just doesn't make sense to me why she put it in there in the first place if if it even did happen which i'm not saying that it did yeah but it, i could kind of see it happening though i could see him be like oh you know doing that <laughs> afterwards which is just insane but like i could kind of see it and he was like in his mid-30s you know i could they were talking about the whole playboy thing they know she was in playboy yeah, why, so why would you be would... naked why would you be naked in a hallway like you've worked on That's a million good. shows that you've gone to it's a very valid do you question. ever not have underwear on that doesn't make sense yeah yeah, it's, it's a very strange statement. Weird. Yeah, maybe he would just got out of the shower. He had, you know, two old man shower. shower. I don't know. That's I mean, even, it's, I, it's weird. Tim Allen has a notorious reputation throughout his career anyway. It's not like he's ever had, like, a shining reputation and this is a shocking thing to hear from him. I'm like, the guy's been arrested. He's had all kinds of controversies. This isn't the first time. The fact that we're questioning if it's going to hurt his career, he's a legacy actor. His career is, like, at its end. He's like what's in his 60s something like yeah, that now he's, like, now he's now he's sold his santa claus <laughs> right so it's just like i mean it's not going to affect him but i mean with the current climate i think it's worth bringing up or discussing but i don't think anything's going to come of it especially with a legacy comedian like that these little comedians aren't affected by any of this stuff i mean louis ck is finding a way to have a comeback with his career and 
I don't really necessarily think he deserves to come back with his career. And watching like Dave Chappelle sit around and talk about trans people all day is really frustrating. And so it's, he's just another one of those. Like he's just, it is what it is. And there's not a whole lot you're really going to be able to do about it kind of thing. And it really comes down to it's more of that battle of like the old climate versus the new climate. And <clears throat> can the new climate possibly affect the old climate's actors? And I don't really see it happening as much as it could or should in a lot of yeah, ways. I- it seems like it'll blow over and this won't be a big deal for him. Because I can't even imagine. Do you think Disney would – now, Alexi, do you think that Disney would actually cancel his contracts over something like this? or do you? Because th- it happened before where, like, where Disney stepped out and they fired people based off comments. Do you think Tim Allen would be a person like that that they would actually fire? They haven't in the past, like I said. Like, it's one of those things. It's it, it, The guy's always had a reputation. Like, I like Tim Allen. I'm a huge Home Improvement fan. But I've always known, like – he's not the best person and he's got a bad reputation and it just, it ain't going to hurt it. This isn't going to do anything to, I don't know how Disney feels, but I mean, they work with a lot. The only time that they ever really like fire somebody is if it just gets like way out of hand. If it gets too far, it gets too out of hand and they know that there's a PR thing coming, then they'll deal with it. But for the most part, they cater to, you know, China, they cater to all these different climates and stuff like that. I don't see them caring about it unless everyone else starts to care about it and make a bigger thing of it. And because it's Pamela Anderson, as you said, like, you're not wrong in the sense that she's built her career around porn or pornographic sort of content or being a sex object or that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people can disrespect you or treat you poorly or talk down to you in any kind of way. No, or show not you your at penis all. That's not what I'm saying. Like, no, no, I get I'm that. I'm just saying, like, like, I don't think that she would be affected by seeing a penis, like, from far away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. like I said, I, in the subway in New York, you get, you get flashed all the time. Like, it's, it's not great. I don't love it, but it's not right. like it's going to scar me emotionally. And like, I need to like, let my trauma out by talking about it. Like it, it's, it's incidental to me anyway. That's totally fair. Yeah, and, and the fact, like, you know, we're saying, like, she has probably seen quite a bit of dick in her lifetime. So, I was not well, even saying that, by the way. I, I, I will say it. I will say it. So, I mean, she probably wouldn't be shocked, you wouldn't think, by Tim Allen doing this. But then again, you know, it's a professional environment. You know, she's young. It's the beginning of her career. She's 23 years old. She's probably super excited about being on Home Improvement. Maybe it would be something that will leave an impression on her where she just hasn't talked about it till now. Now, will there be ramifications? Probably not. You're right. There probably won't be anything. Tim Allen will probably keep going. I know he signed on for another season of the Santa Claus show. You know, Disney, they'll probably bring him back as Buzz Lightyear before you know it. So I don't think it'll I think it'll just blow over. But it's still one of those things that I was surprised when I saw in the news that she actually talked about it and brought this up. And this was a quotable thing from her memoir out of her whole career. This is like the one thing you're bringing up that's like really getting traction. It's it's very odd to me. And I don't know if I I don't know if I believe I I guess I I could believe it, but it just seems weird to me. The whole thing seems odd. Okay, so we have one belief. Sabrina, do you believe it then? I mean, I I definitely think it's possible. I don't I don't see why she would lie about something like that. But it also seems weird working on set. Like, why would he be walking down the hallway with no underwear on? Like, it mm-hmm. even if he's coming from wardrobe, like you don't go to wardrobe with your dick swinging. Like, it just it doesn't make sense to me. But I, I'm not point. saying that he didn't do it. Maybe he purposely did it that way. Maybe he did it just to flash her. I don't know. I, I told you that, um, huh, huh, I, huh, you know, <laughs> Rachel says that she thinks it's more of like a power dynamic um, rather than the body part itself. And, you know, I, I totally, I, I get that. Um, yeah. I get that point of view a hundred percent. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Well, I guess we'll see what comes from this. If anything comes from this, like really who knows, I think we're kind of in consent here that we'll think that'll just blow over, but we'll see, you know, everybody, yeah. you let us know, you know, let us know what you think. It's about you. Give us some uh, comments some questions about it and we'll talk about it more. Maybe on in the future. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens with this. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to blow over, but we're going to move on to our next topic because we're going to keep this ship going. And uh, next Thanks, I want to talk about keeping it PG. <laughs> keeping it PG. Well, we, we don't always keep it PG. Uh, know, we're talking about Doom what do you what do you say? I didn't see it. He said, "Fuck him and that Santa shit." <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. There you go. Santa Claus, Disney Plus, streaming now. Anyways, we're talking about Doom Patrol now. So there's kind of a little talk about Doom Patrol. Will it move forward, or will this be the last? of the whole show with season five. Now we know Warner brothers has been canceling a lot of shows 
due to the whole transition with the WB and the DC stuff and James Gunn, as we've talked about in the program. But the showrunner, Jeremy Carver, even said that as long as there's a good story going forward, then they want to keep going with the show. But I don't know, because Diane Guerrero, who plays Jane, Crazy Jane in the show, she actually reshared a video. And this is, again, one of those things that we see on instant, instant uh Instagram and social media and all that. Someone shares something, comments, and, oh, it's got to be the truth. Well, we don't know this for sure, but Crazy Jane Diane took a, a, a montage, a video montage, retweeted it, and said, goodbye, my beloved. And it was a whole thing with a montage of you know, her character, Crazy Jane. So does that mean that this show is done? Does she have some inside information? I mean, we've only had like half of season four that's come out. The other half will be coming out at some time. We don't know when. They haven't really released a date for that. So who knows when that's happening? They said later this year, later this year. So I don't know if that tweet means the show is done or not. But I will tell you this, watching season five, uh, four for a I feel like it's kind of going downhill this season. I really love the show most of the time. And this, I'm like, what's happening? Where are we going with this? And if part of me is like, unless James Gunn steps in and makes this season, this next season better, I think it's done. I want to start with Lexi here. So Lexi, you, you told me you watched the show. What do you think about season 4A? And do you think there's any kind of truth to this that the show might be done after this season? Doom Patrol is an interesting show in that it started the renaissance in a lot of ways this was where brendan fraser kind yeah. of came back to television and whatever and it was a great moment and he's great in the show and i love watching him play the nascar guy and all that kind of stuff um i don't like the jane character at all i can't stand her i think she's one of the weakest links in the show and they've built a lot around her i love the actress the, the old actress turns of the blob and all that kind of stuff there's a lot oh, yeah, of great Rita. characters in this show that are very poorly utilized and there's a lot of really good things going on like i love danny the the city that was now an ambulance and like i oh, mean yeah. if, if you're familiar with the doom patrol comics which i'm a big dc fan so i follow dc content really really closely and doom patrol is an interesting comic and they've done some stuff in this show that isn't very doom patrol like adding cyborg into the mix and I'm not a fan of the character cyborg, but the show has done an amazing job with this cyborg. This is the best cyborg in the DC universe, hands down. The one in the film is garbage. This one has it. This is exactly what I want and expect from a cyborg. And I'm like, I'm so on board for it. But, like, they needed Beast Boy. Like, Beast Boy is, you know, if they're going to bring a Teen Titans member in, they may as well bring in the one. I mean, he literally wears a Doom Patrol uniform. That's his uniform. So <laughs> I don't know why he's not on the show. And so they made a lot of strange choices. They made a lot of strange directional choices and all that kind of stuff. I mean, soundtrack done by Clint Mansell, um, beautifully shot. Oh, it was amazing. Costuming, um, really great starts and ends to seasons, really weak middles. Every season to me from the get-go has had a weak middle. And there's a point in the show where it always starts kind of dragging a little bit, but then it always comes back around and, and pulls you back into it. So... I'm always like here for it. I'm like, oh, new season. I'm going to be down for. It. I'm going to watch it, and I'm always going to give it, you know, some time. And the show's had a lot of struggles. I mean, it started out on DC's streaming service that was its own yeah. little thing. Then it went to HBO, and now HBO is going through its purge, and so it's sitting in that like will they, won't they area, and it's not exactly fair to it. I think that maybe if you could finish this season, because I'd agree with you. So far, the start of season four, weak. But we'll there's, it, it, there's plenty there that they're going into that I feel like you could push and develop into something really interesting. But I feel like the show's hyper-focus is on the weaker points. And the fact that it's so hyper-focused on the weaker points that eventually the show is going to collapse in on itself in a lot of ways. And if you could find a way to balance... I, like, I'd like to see more time with uh, the bandage guy. I can't think of the character's name, but... They don't do enough with him, and when they do do stuff with him, with, yeah. it's not Negative man or Larry. Yeah, yeah, Larry, that's it. He's great. He's a great character, but he's poorly utilized. Throughout the entire series from start to finish, he's been poorly utilized. So it's just like... But then they've done a wonderful job growing Rita. Like, Rita's growth oh, Rita's in that amazing. Show is one She's of one the, of the best, best characters in it. And Clint yeah. has wonderful, beautiful growth as a character. Clint's, Clint's story is one of the most interesting stories in the entire show. I was saying, I could watch an entire show just about Clint. I could like, too. Yeah, Brendan like Fraser's awesome. With him in the NASCAR moments, I want to see more time with him trying to de develop his family dynamics, struggling with his body. Like, 
there's so much more interesting there. And even the character Jane, as much as I don't like her, I feel like her story is too complicated to be a character in a show with five other really interesting characters because she has 13 people living in her. So she's got to like... It's a lot. It's a lot to balance. Through all these different characters and all these different character dynamics. And I'm like, she's a whole show in and of herself. So why, if you really wanted to, you could push the dynamics of this and... But it's just not popular enough. It's not like it's The Walking Dead over here and we're going to get like 16 yeah. spinoffs of it or something like and that. And that's so. the biggest thing about this, though. Like, see, like, I feel like all the characters in Sabrina, if I've talked about this before, like, characters are so great and the actors that portray them mm-hmm. are amazing. And, yeah. that's the, and that's the problem. I feel like the storyline's going downhill. I feel like they're not writing the best storyline for these characters. The actors are giving it their all. I love all of them, like, especially like Rita. Like you were saying, Rita's amazing. I love that, that Brendan Fraser actually gives credit to uh to the guy who's in the robot suit the oh, robot absolutely. man uh, yeah yeah like the fact that he's giving his, the other actor credit um the guy's name's um riley shanahan riley shanahan yeah so he's giving riley props which is great because a lot of people don't do that you know they do the voiceover and that's oh that's all me look at the mandalorian you have that problem right. with disney we talked about before not giving props to the mandalorian guys uh Being which a giant I, suit's really hard it's so tough it's one of those things where a lot of times they go brandon frazier is right yeah. He's like, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm a voice. I don't wear this. Which, and the which guy is amazing. He does that. Is emoting through the suit. So you're physically yeah. emoting yeah. through a suit that has no physical emotional abilities. So the fact that they're able to portray so many emotions through Clint, between Brendan Fraser's vocal performance and the actor who's in the suit, they absolutely both deserve credit. And everybody should be doing that when they work with people in suits and stuff like that. They, they 100% should. They should do it more and more and more. And the fact they don't is very unfortunate. It's like yeah. those people are actors, too. They're portraying a lot with the character physically that the other actor's not. Uh, Sabrina, what do you think? Do you think that uh, there will be another season of Doom Patrol? Or do you think that, you know, that these characters are great, but they're just it's just not going to happen with James Gunn under the uh, new guard? I, I hope there is another season. I agree with you that this season is not the best. Um, you know, and it's, it's weird that they're taking a break right now, like, they're definitely not putting their best foot forward and then they're taking a break. And I agree with Lexi in that the back end could, there's a lot of interesting things they can do with, um, with what they've laid out, but it's like to end, like take this break when no one knows when they're coming back. Even, um, can we just stop doing that in all of television? Like I I agree. It's It's like, like, you gotta wait like years for the second half of a season or something like that. It's like, what happened to just putting a season out? Right. Like, isn't (laughs) that what you break it up? Isn't that the end of that season and that the next one is another season? But they're like, no, it's like it's half of this and half of that. And it's like, oh, my God, stop. It's it so makes weird. it hard to watch TV in this modern age, like by having them break it up so much and then having years between seasons. Whereas we want know, it now. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> well, Bob's Burgers is a good example of like old school versus the new school where every year you get a new season. So you always get 25 episodes a season. You follow that old school format. That's what you're expecting. So when you right. have a new show come along and it's like, oh, I love this show. And then you think the show is canceled. And then two years later, you're like, hey, we're getting a new season of Venture Brothers. And you're just like, oh, OK, I thought that show was canceled or done. Like, Gone a long time ago. Working on it. Yeah. South Park's the same way. We were talking about South Park right. on here. Just, it just keeps coming back. But they're, they're good for like years now because of that multi-million dollar deal. But it's like seasons. there's no consistency. Yeah, there's no consistency, though, when they're coming out and what's happening because they're doing nope. so much, those guys, and on all these different networks. And at least you have consistency in some of Bob's Burgers. But this, like, even, like, the split-up, I hate. I hate the split-up stuff. I think it's dumb. But also I will say that maybe they're splitting it up, too, because they might be changing some stuff. Maybe they're doing some reshoots to make it so that they can have a better ending if this is going to be it before they announce it's done. That could be a possibility. Or them just it's just them being assholes like they like to be, and they're making us wait because we don't have commercials, we don't have a that, normal you know, television the experience. The whole, the whole industry is like this. It's not just the film industry, the game industry, all this stuff. You're going to put out an unfinished product and then go, here's part of it, um, don't worry, we'll patch it later. And it's like, yeah. don't put it out until you're confident and know that it's ready. So that we can sit down and we can be given a whole entire experience of one go without it having it broken up or broken in the experience itself. It's like, what's the point of putting out broken content? It's all a cash grab at that point. And when you don't, I mean, there is a cash grab extent to viewership on the streaming service and stuff, but it's not even the same as the ratings system in the old television days. So it's like, who are you breaking these up for? Like, other than just 
I don't know, like to keep people on your streaming service, to keep people paying for your streaming service. Is that like the thought process behind it or ever? Because I have a lot more respect think... for a streaming service that can give me a finished season than I do someone who I keeps know. breaking things up. But look at look at how they look at it. You're right. It's a business model. They go, well, if we you know separate it, then people won't cancel. And if they don't know when it's coming back, maybe they'll just let it slip through the cracks for a while. And then when it comes back, oh, I, oh that's right, Doom Patrol. That's great. I'll watch the end of it now. And then if you keep splitting it up, the content lasts longer. And the people people do cancel. That's a thing. People do cancel when shows are done. So keep them keep them attached. Keep them going. How about you just bring out more content and make the content all great? So I don't want to cancel my pro, my my subscription. How about that, Netflix? Um, so <laughs> I'm just saying that that's a problem that just keeps happening as it is. And hopefully that hopefully Doom Patrol, a great show like this, gets a chance to keep thriving. I really hope that James Gunn comes in and helps them a little bit with their storylines and helps guide them in a direction and doesn't just cancel it. Because I you do think, think that the cast this is show. This seems you like something so. James Gunn would make. Like this seems like, yeah. like if they didn't make the show, I feel like James Gunn would be sitting around going, well, I'm going to make that movie. Because he's make that happen. Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad is very in the vein of Doom Patrol, just an obscure, weird group of anti-hero types doing unusual things that are not really connected to what the typical DC5 are doing, the world-saving stuff. Yeah. And I hope that James Gunn does then. I mean, we have a comment here, someone saying, uh, Justin saying that he's working on a show that's been canceled mid-seats and then they had to rewrite and create a series finale. And that happens all the time, too. I worked on the show uh, Wicked City. We were supposed to do 11 episodes. I've said this before. We were at episode eight, and they said, we're not getting shut down. You've seen the rumors online. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The next day, they came back and said, okay, we're canceled. We're going to wrap it up in three days. And they did like they redid some rewriting, and they finished the series. It happens. So this might happen with Doom Patrol. I hope not. Sabrina, you don't think that's going to happen, do you? you think that Doom Patrol will keep going? What do you think? What's your final verdict? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't I don't I don't think that they know it's canceled right now, honestly. Um, I feel like that it would have leaked in some way, shape or form as a, you know, instead of just this oh, one yeah. post. Um, also, in the storyline, Jane lost her uh, longevity. And also, Lexi, I strongly disagree with you. She is my favorite character on the show. <laughs> I, I love her. I love her potty mouth. I love her piss poor attitude. And I love that she wants to kick the shit out of everybody. She is my hero. And I love her. Um, I and I, I also I hate to disagree with you again, but I hate Cyborg. He is the weakest link in my opinion in that show. He is like, and now that he doesn't have his he tech, he is even more there. the weakest link. I'm just like, yeah, for fuck's sake, why are you even here? Now he's sashaying around in a in a in a imaginary universe with his like best friend from when he was in college. Like, just stop, please. I can't. It's too much. Um, <laughs> be, I, but Jane, I feel show. like I mean, yeah, I would better. not watch that if I'm being honest. Um, but I think Jane and Cliff are the two best parts and I love them. I mean, I love Larry too. And I love Rita, but I just, I feel like there were like Jane and, and Cliff are so crass and fuck it. And let's do this. And I, I, I love, I feel like they drive the show for me. And I was really upset when, uh, Niles died because I, although he turned out to be a prick, I really, really enjoyed him, uh, on the show. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's a lot of things has happened, but for, for it to be on its fourth season and to watch episodes like that have asses with teeth like running through like and, and to actually be like, <laughs> I want to watch another episode of this, like insane shit, that means that they did a good job. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know. I I feel I, I hope they're not done. Let's put it that way. I yeah. hope they're not done. Well, we'll see what happens with Doom Patrol again. Like we've said, James Gunn's in control. Maybe it'll change. Maybe those rework it. Or maybe this is it. And there's some truth to her her tweet out there being like, goodbye, my beloved. Who knows? We'll find out as it continues, of course. We'll wait until the second half of season four comes out. Then we'll probably know a little bit more about where they're going into season five. But until they announce something with that, we have no idea. Leave some comments. Let us know. We're going to move on to our next subject. Now we're going to talk about Friday the 13th. As we've been talking about a little bit of horror movies before. So Friday the 13th, they're going to do a new movie, maybe, but there's going to be a new TV series. That's happening, everybody, which is interesting because we've always had movies. Well, apparently they're going to do a TV show on Peacock called Crystal Lake. That's right. The showrunner, Brian Fuller, says that this is happening. It's moving forward. They can use all the characters. They can use the names. They can use the mask. That's been a dilemma. Apparently, there's some legal issues there about the mask. Uh, and if they can use it or if they can't use it because it came into like, I think movie three and this guy named uh, Victor, Victor Miller uh, bought the rights for the original stuff. So 
I don't know, there's some dilemmas there. So, but apparently he says, we can use everything. We're doing this. Uh, Sean S. Cunningham, the director from the original movie, said because of all this noise with the TV show, he wants to go back and he wants to reboot the whole series as a theatrical version. I mean, this came out in the 1980. It came out 1980. So, I mean, maybe you can do both. Maybe you can't. I don't know. But here's what Brian Fuller had to say about the series in whole. Brian Fuller, who's creating the show. I think over the course of the series, you will see many familiar manifestations of Jason and calls the series a pre-remakeable. He promises that if the show makes it in 10 seasons, it will take us to space. That's a little fun joke because, of course, <laughs> Jason went to space. That's great. <laughs> Just like the Fast so, and the Furious. Who's not going to space? I, I, but Jason did it first. Jason did Jason it first. Did That's all I'm first. saying. But actually, <laughs> Pinhead did it first. Yeah, Pinhead did it first. <laughs> but it's yeah. interesting that they're going to do a show about this, right? Lex, let me start with you. What do you think about it being a show and not a theatrical version? Do you think this is a good idea? And you think yeah. it's a good idea to do both, to do both, yeah. do a movie and Absolutely. do a show? Absolutely, 100%. Um, Are you excited about this? I, I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm not like a big Friday the 13th person, but the Evil Dead television show, masterpiece, fantastic, probably one of the best things ever to come out with that entire series. Like, you got the first two, two for like first three films, and then that show, and it just, it's, it's perfect. Chucky, amazing. One of the best shows I've ever seen. And like, I've love the respect that the Chucky series has to all of the films. So the TV series, it's like, if it happened in a film, it's going to come up in the series. And so I'm seeing nice. this this birth of them taking these 80s horror products, which instead of remaking them, which is like what everybody tries to do is remake them, you can never capture lightning in a bottle twice. You can't remake these films. Like These films came from an era and had a success that came out of that era, but it when they bring the original people back on in some form, like, I mean, with Chucky, they have um, Don Mancini's doing most of the show, so he's heavily involved in it. And they're just respectful to their own materials, and the people who make these shows seem to have a lot more respect to the materials than, say, like, when Michael Bay in the Platinum Dunes era was remaking all of these, like, 80s-era slashers and just not giving them the proper justice they deserve. I think a TV show is an interesting template for Friday the 13th as well. I think there's a lot around that. If you wanted to prequel it, you could spend a lot more time with the mother and the son. There's a lot. Yeah. Things that the movie, the original first film, miss and make feel weird when, you know, you get the rest of the series and it's the son coming out and whatever. So the show could do that whole filling in a lot of ways that a lot of the films lack and what have you. But... I mean, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it, but it doesn't mean that I have to see it to kind of, but with the way horror is going and with the way that they're treating these horror TV shows, everything I've seen so far has been better than any attempts at remakes, better than any, and great television on top of it. Like, not just like, oh, they're good if you're a fan of, I'm like, brilliant shows. Like all of these shows are excellent and they're, very inclusive with what they try to do in them too and they do it properly instead of just like trying to shoehorn lgbtq characters in or giving us strong female characters or things like that they're respectfully putting these characters in there and having proper flow and dynamic with how they portray them instead of just kind of like making you know stereotypes so it's nice to see that level of inclusion in those horror titles and seeing that these are the things that are coming along and being so respectful. And if you're a fan of any of these old 80s horror movies, these TV shows are the way to go. The, the, the remakes or any of like the more recent content from them, never the way to go. I, I, I'm not going to put my like all my chips <laughs> in the barrel because you know me, I'm a bit of a cynic, but I, <laughs> and I, I'm going to put faith in this. You know, Peacock's been putting out some good content. It has. And then Peacock's been doing actually much better. Like throughout the late years, it's been growing and right. growing and growing. It was one of those platforms where I'm like, if this actually lasts. But the idea of it, I think, is great. Taking it to TV, I think you're right. There's a lot they can branch out and learn from and actually flush out they can't in the movie. And then maybe that could lead to an actual movie. Maybe they can work together and we can go into a reboot of a movie through that. Right. Or maybe it can blend together somehow. You know, like The Chucky series is setting itself up that if it wants to go into another Chucky film, 
the series is going to be able to give you all the groundwork that you need to go into a film that's going to give the fans what they want, which is just balls to the wall, body counts, that kind of stuff. Nobody's going into slasher-based things without wanting high-level body counts and things like that. We don't want serious, dramatic story and all this kind of stuff. I mean, some people might. I'm here for that. But, like, you don't go to these for low body counts and, and, and you know, deep stories. That's, you know, that's a thriller. That's not a slasher. So yeah. you can lead these film, these shows into having high body count, high effects, like, just boss-of-the-wall films. And with Jason, I always like Jason because Jason is just so over-the-top as a character. Like, I'm not a big <laughs> slasher genre. Like, that's not my thing. But of all of the big three, I definitely have a lot of respect for him as the Hulk in a mask type. He's always been my favorite Hulk in a mask. No yeah, Myers, it's, it's, it's like always Myers. fun how... How he die, he doesn't die, he just keeps getting up, he just keeps going, he just keeps going. Michael right. Myers actually falls down for a while, Michael Myers, and as opposed to Jason's, like, the unstoppable force. And of course he's still alive every time. And if you get Hotter <laughs> on board in any way, like if Hotter can come back in this in some form, everybody will be on board. Hotter <laughs> That'd is be the fun. best Jason. That's, that's, that's the fun part. Maybe they can get him for a series. That's, that's the fun part about a series, too. You never know where they could go with it. Sabrina, right. what do you think about this? You hear about this Friday the 13th as a series and potentially a movie again as a rebooted movie. What do you think? Do you think the world needs this or do you think this is done and they shouldn't do this anymore with Jason? Leave Jason in hell and that's it. Um, I, I generally do not like the movie to TV situation. Um, I do agree with Lexi on uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. That show was awesome. I did not watch the Chucky Agreed. show, so I really, I, I cannot speak to that. Um, but with this having uh, Sean Cunningham on board and with um, the fact that it's it's uh, being produced by A24, which has made like pretty much every great oh. movie you've seen this year, mm -hmm. um, uh, I feel like it's got a lot of potential and it, it probably will be really good. I'm not a Jason girl. I'm actually a Michael Myers gal, if I was going to pick <laughs> one of the big three. Um, he's actually, I mean, I guess Freddie's my least favorite, but uh, Jason's a very like second, but like way far down second, like Michael Myers is my shit. Um, so I, I, I don't, I'm not thrilled, but like I said, with, with having uh, Sean Cunningham on board and, and a 24, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. I, I think that it's going to be one of those things that we'll have to check out and I can't wait to see where they go with it. Because again, like Lexi was saying, there's so much potential to flush out a lot of storylines that we just can't do in a movie. That's just how it is. You know, and, it'd be great to have a great show. A hundred percent. Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street, that's a good show oh, right oh, there. Oh, yeah. That would, that would be, be way amazing. more interesting in a lot of ways because there's so much more interesting things you can do with that. I've never understood why he gets classed as a slasher because he, like, uses supernatural powers to do his stuff. I'm like, I feel like a slasher needs to... Well, you got my <laughs> fingers, but I'm like, I don't know. I, they don't... They don't. The other ones are just big dudes who just don't die. His hands like, are slashing instruments. I mean, come I, on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing. I just don't like... His powers are so, like higher than Different. any other type of slasher yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Psychological. And also, it's a psychological thriller for sure. Right. And the fact that you could actually build that up, that'd be fun actually. You did different characters, you're following them, and all of a sudden you have the whole leading up to him getting into their dreams and slowly manipulating them right. and slowly getting there. It could be a good build up for a series. It's pretty fast for a TV show if you think about it, how fast Freddy gets into people's dreams and that's it, you know? You could really have some fun with it. And you could do and a lot of like, back and looking at him before his transformation stuff, too. You could spend some time with Robert England, and then we could have some time with Robert England, the actor, not just Robert England as Freddie. Because Robert yeah. England is an amazing actor. It doesn't matter what he's doing. I think he'd come back, too. I think he would. I mean, would. like, why not? Why not? You are Freddie at that point, right? And and they could do a lot with that. They did. They tried in that reboot where they had, oh, was it uh, Jackie? Uh, I can't think of his name. The guy who played Rorsch Rorschach. He uh, he was Freddie, and they tried to do a little bit of backstory, but it still it wasn't enough. He played Freddie. Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't know that. He did the. Yeah, the he's I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. Like he's awesome, but just you know, it doesn't really work. Again, you don't have Robert there, and you need to have him. He's Freddie. You know, right. <laughs> I, I don't know. What to, it's like you see him, especially you can do makeup and stuff, but the way he carries himself, the creepiness of it. He's done right. it for so long. It's special effects makeup. Why not just keep bringing him back? Same with like, Doug Bradley. Really, like he's the only one. It doesn't matter. Play pinhead. Like he's my pinhead. I, I I didn't hate the new pinhead either, but like I, he's always going to be Doug Bradley for me. Just that voice and that like presence and 
that ability. Some of these horror guys, like, they are just some of the best actors, and they need to maintain those roles in a lot of ways. It's hard to see those characters move on, which is why I don't believe in remaking. Just make a whole new franchise and give us a new person to love. Every generation deserves a horror franchise that belongs to them and is of their generation and that they can grow up with and wear t-shirts for and love forever. It doesn't have to be (laughs) stuff from our generation. (laughs) I know, but that's what happens. Unfortunately, everyone just keeps reaching back to their childhood and be like, well, we can redo this. We can redo this. Think they'll remember this? It'll be great. But it doesn't even matter. It's stuff that people have just seen and they're still rebooting it. It's like, we just had a reboot of this. Why are we doing this again? They're going to reboot Jurassic Park again now. It's like, we just had three more movies. No, they're not really. Oh, they're going to reboot that again. It's like, why are we rebooting this? Why? Why are that we doing this? Like, atrocious. Just, it was horrible. It was the worst. It was the freaking so worst. And I, and I love Jeff Goldblum. He was like, he's like, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. But it's just not. It's just not. Yeah. You didn't even have him fighting dinosaurs in that movie, really. No. You know, it was more about like locusts yeah, or something. Yeah, that opinion was trash. Yeah, it's, 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 You're right. I just watched it last night, so I'm just like, oh. That movie was terrible. I can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, that's one of those things, too, where that's like they just wait too – they just said it's too soon. It's just way too soon. Just yeah, let it be. Soon. And we do we need it? Can we just do something else? Are there no original ideas anymore? Unfortunately, yeah. there aren't. It's like – I feel like there's like a, a board up at every studio where it says like how many years it's been for all the big movies. Right. And they slowly move it over like now it's time. Oh, okay, it's <laughs> been two years for that. We can move that over to the coming Who's soon. Lovely? these things are original like it's not like there weren't slashers in the 70s every era has a form of slasher they make their own slashers for the era i i mean it's literally you just need to build some character who has something about him that's interesting enough that you want to watch him go around and kill people and you have to make the kills interesting and you have to have a reason for people to be there and that's it that's all you need making slasher films is like i'm not saying it's bottom barrel but it's really easy to just kind of whip these guys out as long There's as you a give us a fresh audience. face, and, yeah, you just need a person, a new, a new presence. They need to have a good visual character because what makes people draw to those horror characters are the visual concepts: the Jason mask, the the, the Myers mask, Freddy and his burnt face and his glove. I'm like, they all have iconic, interesting things about them. It's all about making a really cool character that you want to spend time. It's the same with action movies. You get a really good action star and you just blow shit up for, for an hour and a half. That's all an action <laughs> film needs to be. That's all we want. It's not, it's not like you need to remake Rambo. You need to give us a new Rambo that isn't Rambo and give us a new action star that we want to follow. Because I don't want to see 65-year-old Stallone. Running around. He keeps coming back, though. I think that the network, it's, I I think it's partially the studio's fault and the network's fault. Like, it's, if you show up with a new thing, they're going to be like, oh, that's taking a chance. I don't know. And like, if you show up with an old thing that's retooled, they're like, well, that was successful in the first place. So let's take a chance on that. Like, it's so stupid because, like, look at uh, everything everywhere all at once. It's like not like anything else that anyone's ever done, and it is fucking killing it. So right. like more studios should take a chance on something right. that isn't the norm, on something that's not recycled. But I feel People like a lot of the that. blame goes to them because they're like, oh, I don't want to take a chance on this. I don't know. But uh, but then you come back with something that's already been done and was already successful, like Jurassic Park. And they're like, OK, yeah, let's do that. You know, well, not the, not really taking into account that people don't need that shit anymore. Like we're over it. Like move on. Right. The remake of Chucky was an opportunity to create a whole new franchise. They had an AI system. It was based around a robot. It had absolutely nothing to do with Child's Play. And they wrapped the skin of Chucky over the doll and called it Child's Play. So you set an expectation of people who are fans of the original series going in and getting a new film. And you took away a younger generation's ability to have a new character and go in. And so everybody goes into that film and walks out disappointed when there was a lot of potential sitting in that film waiting for somebody to come in and turn it into a new franchise that could have been exciting and fun and new and I would have been 100% on board for. But you chose to go an alternate route with it and wrap it in the dressings of something from 40 years ago and then wonder why it failed. It failed because you didn't (laughs) let it be its own thing. It had all the potential to be its own thing and wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. That happens over and over and over again because we want to put it in this category. There, the studio was. We got to, we got to make it be like this and make it be like that. I just hope with this, with Crystal Lake, that it, it's going to be a great show. It's going to kind of have its own thing. Of course, it can kind of pull off the past, but let it be original. Let it have fun. Let it show a different kind of story that we haven't gotten before because that's what we need some originality. 
And I mean, maybe you can use it with a little bit of the past. We'll see. We'll see what they do with this. But now we have to move on because we've been talking about this for a while. <laughs> we have to move on to our featured story of the night. All right, everybody. So I wanted to talk about Aquaman, but we're going to save that for another day because we've gotten pretty late in the show. So wait till tomorrow to see that. We're going to talk about The Last of Us for a second. We're having a little open discussion about The Last of Us. If you've been watching, it's an HBO Max show that came out based off the video game. And, you know, you got Pedro Pascal playing Joel. You got Bella Ramsey playing Ellie. Uh, You have a great cast. You have a great concept. You have a zombie show. Okay, but like, does it work? Does it work based off the video game to what they give out to us? Now, I feel like the casting's great. It looks like a lot of the people from the video games, they actually did a great job with that. Marlene especially, I was like, she looks just like her character from the, from the game, which is amazing. The one of the biggest things they did change, though, was that it's not airborne. The fungus isn't airborne, which makes more sense because the creator was saying, hey, we got to be able to have these actors walking around, show their face, show the emotions, and, and be able to have Pedro these conversations. Pascal having to wear a mask again for a whole nother show, he would lose his shit. <laughs> he would be living. I bet he was like, he was like, I'm gonna tell you one thing, I'll do this. Nope. But no mask on this fucking face. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, so we've been watching this. So the first two episodes are out. The first one's like an hour and a half. The second one, they're down to an hour now. And me personally, I think it starts off way too slow. There's a lot, there's a lot that's happening there. It's like, you know, you're showing how we got there, of course. We're doing an hour and a half pilot. We we want to give some backstory. Me, I think it's, a, it's it's too much backstory, but it's, it, it works. And then we get into the whole futures twenty years later, and I really think it works when they start getting into the real world and you start seeing the zombies and you start seeing them living in it. I just think it takes a while to get there, and I wish it was a little bit faster in the beginning. But overall, I'm enjoying the show. I just uh, I just don't know. Does it does it work? That's the question. Sabrina, what do you think? Does it work, or do you think it shouldn't have happened? I mean, I like it. I like it so far. Uh, the second episode really pushed me to that. Like after the first episode, I was very weary. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go any further. But then uh, I watched the second episode and I'm much more invested now. Um, it's You're getting to know the characters a little bit more. The first episode was slow. I agree with Brian 100%. Um, you know, like the beginning was like his backstory to and, and the world's backstory, I guess, how they got to this point where it's like a sort of post-apocalyptic sort of situation. Um, but I... It just was, it was very slow. And I was kind of like, who gives a shit? And then like the second episode, really, it really pushed it for me. Um, it picks it, it up. solidified a lot of things. And it, it also showed like, you know, who the characters are. Like, uh, what's that girl's name? The the blonde, his girlfriend, Tess? Uh, Tess, Tess, yes, is the character's Tess. Name. She's yeah. a badass. And the first episode, I was like, oh, she's so annoying. And the second episode, I was like, fuck yeah, girl, kick some. Like, I really, really appreciated her and she really good she stole she stole the episode i think in my opinion um oh and, she's great you know, the little girl is snarky and in just the right way um you know princess and, and Pedro leia Pedro <laughs> from obi-wan so, you know there's that i don't have a problem uh with him at all so i, I think i think it works i think it's only gonna get better um i didn't play the video game so i can't really draw a basis of comparison on that but i i think it's gonna be a very successful show i'm, I'm enjoying it yeah i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna go Far. I think it will too if they keep up this momentum, keep up this production quality. I mean, we'll see the second episode for sure. I think they really dove into it. Lexi, uh, did you get a chance to watch this? And what do you think about The Last of Us? Do you think it works? And do you think it's entertaining? And how do you, do you play the games at all? No, I don't own a PlayStation. I was an Xbox person, yeah. so I never. Yeah, I never played the games either. Yeah. Um, my co-host, this is one of his favorite games. He's like super, super into it. So. I have, like, that kind of fan knowledge a little bit from talking to him and stuff like that. He says the show's pretty respectful to the game, other than, as you stated, the airborne agent. Now, my thing is, if you know anything about funguses and spores, that's how they do function, is they spray (laughs) spores into the the air. air. So I kind of think that would be a lot more interesting, but as Sabrina stated... Pedro Pascal ain't doing any more things with a mask on. So I was like, yeah, this guy's so. whole career is just built around protecting some sort of child. <laughs> like all of this stuff. Just, They're like, I gotta you know, be perfect oh my for gosh, this. Really? I didn't like think about that. So it's just like, and then it's like, if he had to wear a mask on top of it, it's like this whole guy's career is just wearing masks and protecting children. 
But he's like, um, fuck that. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> he's actually an incredibly tal- talented actor. And I thought he was excellent in the second Wonder Woman film. He was the best part of that entire movie. I, but, I enjoyed him in that, too. Um, I didn't realize that was him for so long. And I was like, wait a yeah. minute, that's fucking Mandalorian. I, what the shit? I was like halfway through the movie before I realized it. And I was like, okay. But yeah, I was, my friend was really excited about it. And he's, I was like, it's not a bad concept. I'm like, I'm always here for zombies. I have a huge thing for zombies, but um, you got to do zombies right. They're always kind of difficult to do properly because zombies are not about zombies. It's like zombie stuff is about people. So the zombies are just a catalyst to the action kind of thing. So it's about a, a story about humanity and it's about growth and understanding and those sorts of things. And, you know, being broken and trying to fix yourself in a world that's so broken and those sorts of things those are all key focal parts of any sort of zombie lore so the show's doing a good job of showing like how broken this guy is and how he's gotten to the levels that he's at and that kind of stuff i don't think it's being disrespectful to the the subject matter or anything like that but as i said i'm not familiar with the game so all i can run off of is this show and so at that juncture even if the show does go off the rails, I'll never know. Yeah. Just, I have no ability I to see I won't either. That. Right. I'm and the same boat. I like what I see. And I think fungal zombies are always interesting. Like, it's... Uh, I've seen the concept done in other games. Like, it's not the only game I've seen it done before. I've never seen it done in film or television very much. Yeah. So, it's nice to see a little bit of a switch up on the zombie lore. But it does seem like headshots take them down fairly typical zombie stuff so they just have mushrooms on their heads and they're, they're i know zombies. but then they have like the spores that come out of their mouth too which is yeah. kind of creepy too even after the fact they're dead so it seems like it could still spread from a dead body as opposed to a normal zombie you're, you're dead you're dead you know right and then, and then the fact they're, they're kind of making it a little bit more i gonna say like resident evil a little bit with the creatures kind of changing yeah. a little bit and manipulating and and and, and more like morphing into a new being is kind yeah. of interesting too so we'll see where that goes also in this, they they make it so that the the roots of the fungus are underneath the ground, That's, and yeah. so like I like that, there's like yeah. a connection to that. So like when they shot the guy in the in wherever the museum that they were in, they everyone that was laying on the floor in the previous shot that we saw all woke up and came to attack because they knew because they're all connected by this fungus and also they're like laying under the ground and the way that they were woken up was like the roots came up out of the ground and went into their skin and then they all got up and came and attacked so that's also a a really different take like that you know they're all connected in a way um and i think that that helps sell the like as opposed to doing an airborne thing i think that helps sell the um the extreme contagiousness and the extreme connectedness to all of them and how dangerous it is i think they sell it really well that way they're definitely a bigger challenge as a zombie with that whole being able to do that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, just it like stepping you... on it and like, and all of a sudden they all know, like a, like a 5G network or something, like a network, you know, like as soon as they touch something, everyone starts running that scene where all the zombies just like get up and start running towards the building because right. they stepped. That was cool. That, that kind well, of they, stuff is awesome. They run and I can't, I can't make a complaint about like, because <laughs> I don't like running zombies. It's like the body decomposes. So over time they won't be able to move quickly. But I, where it's got a root structure running through it, you don't know what it's doing and how it's manipulating the body. So it's trying to keep this and that alive so I can accept the running and all that kind of stuff. I, I think, too, like, switching up the zombie formula, this could potentially just be another Walking Dead. But yeah. where it's got such a unique kind of structuring to the way the zombies go, uh, you're more interested to see where it can go or whatever but i do feel like fire would be an easy fix to taking these things out like shouldn't be that hard to burn them that's just, like i mean they're plants right yeah that makes um, sense yeah you yeah. start them on fire and that's what they tried to bomb in the show too they tried to bomb which makes sense that that one scene where the girl was like they're like what do we do how do we stop them do we get a vaccine do we get a do we have medicine and she's like bomb them bomb right. them all yeah <laughs> I, I feel like they've already killed one of my favorite characters off in the second episode, though. Oh, <laughs> so I was yeah. really enjoying the woman. I really liked her. She's yeah. really great. Interesting. And yeah. Anna Torv is her real t- name. Yeah, Tess. She's so she was so great. And then you knew though, you knew as soon as like they had that exchange in the museum that something was wrong. Just the way she was like wrapping her ankle and, right. and she's so standoffish towards him, you could tell something's wrong. And of course, 
you know, she was bit. So, spoiler, at everybody. At least four episodes with her, at least. Like, give me a little I bit know. more time with her. Because she got killed off so quickly, and I was like, well, the character I was developing an attachment to is dead. So it's gone. Now, <laughs> now I'm stuck with these two. And I'm like, I don't, I don't hate the girl or anything. She's fine. She's sassy. She works. I got no problems. Pedro Pascal is doing his job. But, you know. Yeah. He's, he's just an, a grumpy old man character. So. That's, he lost his daughter, so now he's yeah. going to fight like being a father figure again and They're take really care of baby Yoda. They're really pushing that chip I mean, on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the death of his daughter was done very well. I felt like that whole sequence was done very well. Like The way that she went into shock when she was dying and like every part oh, of yeah. that was done really well. The drama was really strong there. So I'm hoping that they can kind of bring those moments back in because once you get to the city, it just kind of gets like, I got a lot to take in. I'm going to be a while trying to really understand the dynamics of what's going on with these light keepers and all this kind of stuff. Like, there's a whole faction of stuff. There appears to be another government that I don't know yeah. how this whole interior of this compound works. Why were they burning bodies? Why did they kill the kid? I guess the kid was infected. Like, I don't understand yeah. like things here and they there. They have a the little device now. Yeah. But that's that's a whole thing too. just be killing people. The kid walks in. You could tell like there was something mess up about that kid. You right. know, he had like Walking Dead Walker kind of vibes like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they, they just kill him. That's it. They don't have any kind of fear about that. They're just like kill him done. Even his friend, when his friend like had like try to bring him back in the into the, the base. That was insane, too, that he just kills his friend. It's yeah. like, ooh, ooh, seeing red. That's but that's a different world. That's like post-apocalyptic. You know, what do you do? How do you change? How do you act now? It's a whole different dynamic than we're used to in the real world. I hope it doesn't become like The Walking Dead just because The Walking Dead for me was great. But I just feel like it went on too long and it went downhill oh. and they didn't and they had so much potential and they didn't they didn't take care of it. And now they're doing all these they're doing all these branch off shows where they got to go to Paris now and they're going it's to New insulting. York now. Like, yeah, you don't. Like, you why don't, don't we do that? End a series by not completing any of the main characters story arcs and then end the series with these third tier characters that we just got introduced to and then tell us that i have to now watch three separate tv series to get conclusions to the characters who i have spent 11 seasons watching which 11 seasons took what more than 15 years to put out yeah i don't have the patience for this and i'm not gonna invest in a lot of these like I, obviously, I'm going to watch the one about Rick because I need closure. It's the only reason I'm going to watch it. I need closure on that character. I need closure on Mitch Stone. I need closure on Daryl. Like, am I going to get those things? Like, what's what's the point of any of this? Like, it's not different series, but, like, that's no way to end things. So, you know, this series yeah. here, I have, I'm hoping we don't go down that road. I have to say the sets in this show are gorgeous. Like, I know there's a oh, lot yeah. of stuff, but they yeah. do a lot better job of the destruction of the world in this one than walking dead does and then a lot of disaster movies even like i feel like the set design is just fantastic they must have quite the team dressing these scenes because i'm I'm like i'm like i can't even imagine there's like one scene they're walking through a bunch of cars and the cars have vines and stuff all over them and there's this big master shot of it and it's like it looks phenomenal it really does look great sometimes the cg for me it could be a little better but you know, I'm just picky about that sometimes. Sometimes, do you think that they film some of this stuff in location and then put plants and stuff over it, or do you think that they just see oh, yeah. all the plants and everything in? Because I was like, there was the, the moment when they first leave in the second episode and they're walking down that highway overpass. I was like, it looks like an overpass and it looks like they put vines and stuff all over the overpass, but then you can very much tell like the outside surrounding city is VFX, so. Yes. Did they like take a chunk of highway and shut it down? And are they even shooting this in Boston? Like, are they shooting entirely? <laughs> That's the thing. It could be on stage too. It really could be. Some of the stuff they can do is insane. It did seem for that scene that they were walking across some bridge. So maybe they did do a lockdown. I feel like they must do a, a mix of practical and visual effects. There has yeah, to be. Some I don't of know that. about There's, the wides like that, man. I, the, yeah, those I, wides I sometimes. I don't know about that, but the the clo- like when they were close walking down the street and all the cars were wrapped in vines and stuff, I yeah. think that was all practical and real for sure. Um, but like the backgrounds are definitely visibly CG. But like, yeah, I it the, the bridge did feel real, but for some reason, 
I feel like the wide shot of it was not real. Right. But right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, when like, you got in there, it did look very real. I, I'll tell you yeah. what. Whoever's the onset dresser, his name is being called every right. six seconds on that show. He probably I wants know. to kill himself or she. Because that is some, like, we need another leaf here. We need more crap here. We need more vines here. Like, I can't even imagine um, right. the set dressing on that. It's insane. I'm really good yeah, at I, determining my VFX and my practical, usually. Like, I can always find the lines because I've been doing it so long. But right. this show, I'm having a hard time finding those lines. And I'm like, good. Like, that's what I that's need in my life. Be. Please. <laughs> For a big budget show like this, it should be like that. Right. There are some times where I'm like, I can tell like a whole building is visual effects. You know, I'm like, I, yeah. they just, but everything around it seems real. So I think it is great. It's a good mixture of it. The fact they're trying to do that and not just doing it on a soundstage, the whole thing, that would be great because that's what I hope they're doing. And it seems like that. It really does. I mean, just get in the real world and show us something, you know, it, it goes a long way. You don't have right. to do everything in visual effects world. But a lot of movies do, and a lot of shows do. Yeah, the museum, that was all real? Yeah, that was all, and that looks great. And, like, the there was some of those buildings they're in and stuff. That all is very real and done really well. That's It's it's got some great sets. I know what the interior of the game looks like. Like, I know visually what the game looks like. And this is perfect to the game. Like, from what I've seen and what have you, like, it looks exactly like the way that the game looks. So that, at least... If you're a fan of the game, they should be covering your world pretty well. <laughs> yeah, from what I've seen, too, it seems like that down from costume design to the set design, right. it seems like they're really on. They're trying to make you really feel like you're playing the game and you're watching these characters come to life for the fanboys, for the, uh, the, the the gamers, for you know the actual people just watching at home that have never seen anything. I think they're doing a great job. So we'll see where the show goes. I'm really excited to see it. I was kind of back and forth, like I said, in the first episode, but now I'm on board. So hopefully... They keep going strong, and there's more characters like Tess that show up because she will be lost. She'll be missed in this whole series. But they led that you believe that, too, because they showed the two of them in the trailers and stuff, mostly, primarily. So Tess wasn't even there, so I kind of knew she was going to die eventually. So I don't know. What's everybody think about The Last of Us? That's the question. Now streaming on HBO Max. We'll keep you updated as this goes along, and we'll keep talking about it as the show develops. And we're excited to keep going. But anyways, we've come to that time in the show where we got to say goodbye, everybody. Lexi, I want you to just have one more moment to talk about your podcast. Just do your final pitch to the whole Cruise Control Nation. So uh, every Friday, Cinema D'Amore, a new episode comes out. Please tune in. Uh, like I said, next month is YouTubers. And then after that, we're doing movies about food. So this year is a nice. lot of form in that. Um, then if you want to check out my old podcast with Jacob... Uh, that would be the Three Deemers. It's three D E E M E R S. Um, there are no new episodes of that that have come out since we finished with it. But if you want to go back, there's a wonderful archive of those, and there's a lot that I had to say on that show. So I got a lot of my thoughts out there. If you want to see my bad art, go to Iconoclast I C O N O K L A S T on Instagram. That's where I keep my photography that I do and my weird paintings i've been doing recently and if you want to see how adorable i am you can go to my instagram polly underscore esther and that's where i put my cute pictures of me yeah everybody check it out check out all lexi's links you can see them on the screen right now find her everywhere subscribe like all of her stuff we're so happy to have her here on cruise control talking with us again tonight thank you lexi so much we appreciate you hopefully have you back again sometime hopefully sometime soon thank you for being here we had a great time having you uh sabrina thank you for being here of course (laughs) thank you everybody for watching please like and subscribe if you can join our patreon we really appreciate it find us on all those audio platforms from audible all the way to spotify thank you so much for being here on cruise control we appreciate you as always have a great night everybody see ya